right, welcome into the show. What's going on on a Tuesday? I feel alive today. Felt kind of dead the last year. 48 hours. Do you know what brought me back to life? Josh Helmer, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing very well. What brought you back to life? Jumped on my zero-turn mower. Chopped up the front and backyard last night. Felt alive again. Like, man, I feel good. I feel rested. I feel ready. Um, Man, we got a big show that could get bigger. JT Gasso has a text message sitting on his phone whenever he decides to check it. And we'll see if he jumps on. There is a 50% chance that Andy Staples joins us today to talk NIL. But I, I was thinking about this. The one thing about it takes me approximately three and a half, four hours to mow my yard. And there's a lot of think time that's in there. And here, here's my question for you. Josh, and it's a very simple yet maybe we can overcomplicate it if we want, right? Here's my question. Are we too in the weeds on NIL conversations? Because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to you. I I dig them. You know, I I, I can't get enough of it. I'm I'm fascinated with the I'm fascinated with the, the attempt to now regulate it. I'm fascinated with the hope to try to take that toothpaste and put it back in the tube. And I'm I'm maybe even more fascinated with the finger pointing that's going on right now. But as a oh wait, hold on, JT just replied. <laughs> um as a as a day-to-day, minute-by-minute, second-by-second conversation piece, is it one of those where you're just, okay, dudes, we get it. Something needs to be done. Something should be done. I'll pretend like I'm a listener who actually likes us, okay? I appreciate that you guys are actually coming up with ideas and ways to fix it instead of just the old, well, it's it's out of control and something needs to be done. And I was telling them that something needed to be done and, and no one's done anything. We, we come up with solutions here on The Plank Show. We're proactive, not reactive. But is it? I remember when Scott Van Pelt was talking about doing sports during the pandemic and how... Well, it was, listen, nothing was cool about the pandemic. But in the way that we were able to maybe relive some glory and yearn for the days when the place is packed and the crowd is there and think about some of those great memories that we all had, Scott Van Pelt said, you reach a point where it's, hey, no one wants to hear about, I think we're going to be back to play soon. I think it's coming soon. Because it's the, it's the same thing over and over and over. And as, as I sit here at 9.07 a.m. on a Tuesday morning, May the 10th, 
I wonder if we're falling into that same trap, Josh, with NIL and the regulation of it and where it's going and where it's headed and where it's been and does the NCAA truly have any power? I mean, I guess the question becomes, is it a redundant slash tail-chasing topic until and I well there's there's new regulations today. Are there? I mean, is is that is it really? I mean, I understand what they're saying, but I just I feel like it's more just talk instead of actual seeing something happen. I mean, I guess the question, are we just spinning our wheels and is is Jofan done with it? Is it a situation where you look at it and you're like, yeah, I appreciate it, but I, th- there's nothing really truly that's going to stop this regardless of all the, the stories that have been written about it. Are we spinning our wheels in this, Josh, until something truly happens? In some ways, yes, there's a little bit of that going on with some of our conversations on name, image, and likeness, but to me – what this NCAA board of directors released, while not totally new, it, it is new in a sense. It's been made very clear now that these new companies that get set up as collectives, that's a no-go. And there will be potentially sanctions and offenses that are punishable in that way. Which they took the approach kind of that you and I have been talking a lot about. The board chair and University of Georgia president, Moorhead, said, while the NCAA may pursue the most outrageous violations that were clearly contrary to the interim policy adopted last summer, our focus is on the future, end quote. Which is sort of what you and I have been preaching, which is don't go back and retroactively try to punish everybody. Clearly state that going forward, you you can't entice players to sign with schools. You can't lure players that aren't in the transfer portal away from the school they're currently at, which we didn't really get anything on that yet. And that's probably as big of an issue, if not more, of an issue than setting up collective collectives to get kids to sign right out of high school. So from that perspective, okay, maybe we're spinning the wheels a little bit. But this is a positive step for college football, and it is news. Mm. I tell you something. I absolutely, positively can't get enough of these conversations. I can't get enough of your takes, not just you, Josh, but the royal you. I love the questions surrounding it and the hypocrisy of it and the what what we do wrong kind of mindset I guess I'm more than anything asking y'all okay if we keep living this day by day because I can't get enough of it because I don't know where the end is I really don't and I I appreciate what is out there this morning I do because I think it signals a change but I but I also don't know I also don't know the how behind it all this sounds great how? It's like me talking about, I'm going to be so ripped this summer. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna look incredible in my bathing suit. Neighbors, wives, look out. <laughs> Kidding. But there's how? I don't work out. I don't eat right. I I don't exercise. I literally work in my yard and sweat. How is that gonna get me it just this sounds great. Really does. But how? So we'll get into it next. Listen, JT can go now. So let's break. Sound good to you? Let's take the earliest break in the history of the Plank Show. That's how much JT Gasso means to us. And when we come back, short notice, special guest alert, Sooner hitting coach JT Gasso will join us next right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. He's Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Happy Twest Day, everybody, right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, J.T. Gasso joins us right now on the Plank Show with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Good morning, J.T. What a what a weekend for you, right? Big 12 champions once again, Mother's Day, and then your wife's birthday yesterday. It's quite a trio, yeah. man. Yeah, it was it was a lot. It was a, <laughs> it was a lot. <laughs> How you doing? Good weekend? No, it was good, man. It's uh, you know, it's we got. We got to take care of business, got to spend a lot of time with family, and now we're resetting and, and on it again. When um, when something like the uh, Grand Slam by Jocelyn Allo happens on the, the weekend that it does, do you, do you just afterwards, when you're shaking hands with Coach, do you say, Happy Mother's Day, too, you're welcome? Anything, there's your Mother's Day gift, you know? Anything like that work out or no? You really, you really think <laughs> 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 Happy Mother's Day. As your hitting coach, you got a grand slam. I don't think that's how that works out, is it? No, 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 no. No, it was um, – I mean, I'm sure Josh said it in interviews and whatnot, but that was a really good pitcher. That, their whole staff is really good. So, um, for Josh to do that was, was a pretty, you know, special thing. No, it, it was. And it was on a special weekend, right? And it, that, that Saturday game had to be tough, JT, because, number one – as you mentioned, Kelly Maxwell, really good pitcher. Uh, she's a finalist for the National Player of the Year. Number two, she was coming off a game where you guys hit her pretty well you know, on, on Thursday night, so she had a lot to prove. Then you tag to it, the squad had just clinched its Big 12 championship on Sat- uh, Friday night. Um, what was it like to try to make sure everyone realized, hey, there's, there's still more work to do and there's a bigger goal? Yeah, um, and that's – you know, if we would have tried to do that from, um, like, starting this weekend, then I think it would be really hard to, um, to like, just keep it going. You know, like, it's if, if we haven't been been really pushing to, you know, keep working hard, keep getting better, developing and all that stuff, um, if we had just now started to really preach that, then I think we would have, you would have easily seen us like lay down on that uh, that last game, but it's just something that from the mindset from the get go, we're just continually trying to keep the long term goal in our heads, and just you know this that game made us better. You know that's uh, that's every time that we can play a top ten team like that, doesn't matter you know what the circumstances are, you got to get better from it. And I felt like um, Saturday we we got better from it, and that's that's the other thing. Another thing too that um, that was probably our hottest game of the year. Oh gosh, tell me really about it. Felt, you know, and I it was it's been weird because we just went straight from like winter 
winter <laughs> weather to summer weather. There was no, you know, we've had a couple games uh, here or there where it's, you know, breezy and not, but that, that game, it was hot. So it was, it was good to kind of feel that because that's what it's going to be like uh, moving forward. You know, it's, it's interesting because it, it, this might be kind of a nerdy question and I don't know if there is a right or wrong answer or if you want to tumbo this and swat it away. But what is that challenge like to where, you know, Thursday night we're hoping we're going to play. It's rainy, it's cold, and then all of a sudden Friday and Saturday, Saturday smoking outside. Is that – I mean, is, wind obviously is one natural answer, but JT, from a weather perspective, how challenging is that to kind of try to manage? Um, well, I mean, it's out of your hands. So you just <laughs> do best you can, you know. So uh, on Thursday, yeah, uh, Thursday we were able to get on the field. No, uh, no, sorry, Wednesday. Wednesday, we were able to get out on the field uh, before it really started pouring, and uh, we got some good work in. So it wasn't like we were, you know, stuck inside and, and you know, trying to make up for some things. We, we got our work in, and that's, it's good to feel that going into a, a game like we did. But as far as, you know, like game day, it was drizzling all day, and it was just weird, and, you know, it's – can't really control it so we were we we don't like panic or anything it's just we roll with the punches and and whatnot so if we were gonna not play and play a double header we would have been fine and um it's just you know having that mentality of that that no matter what you just you just roll with it we're hanging out with jt gasso hitting coach for oklahoma what if anything changes for jada coleman in the leadoff spot from where she typically was in the lineup is there a different approach and What's really fine-tuned her eye? She's been so good at the plate and drawing walks. Yeah, she. I think the thing that really took off for her this year was her softball IQ. It's always been really high, uh, but now it, I think it's gone to another level to where you know we're having conversations of um, the you know kind of the weirdest things that you wouldn't really take into effect that she's like, Hey, I'm going to do this, this and that. And, um, and I'm weird in a way that it's like, you know, it's helping her. So, uh, like for example, she's, Hey, I'm, you know, it's two Oh, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to swing too well. And it's like, well, why not? Uh, well, because I'm feeling that it's going to be like this, this or that. And it's like a very specific count. And, um, and it, it's, you know, you wouldn't think like only on this count and you can look at the data and say, Hey, at 2-0, you're doing this, this and that. But if she's feeling that in her head, then it's, you know, it's there for a reason. So, uh, it's just some stuff like that, that she's really kind of taken over and, and done a good job with. And she's, there's nuances to being a lead off and first, you know, first about of the game. And, um, and she's just, you know, her and, uh, and leaning on Tiare on how she was able to do some things felt and uh, it's been cool to to see people like that uh, develop when you wouldn't think that they would need to. Yeah, it's. I, I think we talk about it. You can obviously magnify it. You see the fun that this team has. You see the dances. You see the TikToks and all that. But JT at the core, they love softball. I, you don't have to push Jada Coleman to go watch more film. You don't have to beg Jossie to take more reps in the cage. I mean, this is a team that's really passionate about their craft, right? Yeah, and I got to address something right off. I don't, I, 
I don't put that on me that I see their TikToks because I don't. <laughs> I just watch them dance. I don't see the TikToks either. I see them hey, performing them. <laughs> you can't just you can't just slip that in there. I know. Point a finger at you. That that's the thing that we've we've real at the core of it. That's what we're doing is we're playing. And to, if you have that feeling of, of playing, I feel like the passion goes up and and your your will to win and all those things that that you want to happen at the right time of the season happen when you are just have that in the back of your head that that we're playing and it's not you know i gotta try and do this or i gotta no no we're playing and so uh having that sense of joy of playing a kid's game is something that we try and you know keep keep in their heads Love it. Well, you know, JT Gasso, a couple more minutes as Oklahoma gets set for the Big 12 championship. Uh, do you like the new setup of the Big 12 championship, almost bracket style, or did you enjoy pool play and having the extra games? Uh, you know what? I, I, I don't know. Hmm. Um, on one sense, you, you, you go into it knowing what you got to do. You right. know, so it was like you, have, you, you know you're going to have two games. You know who you're playing, um, and then that's that's it. You win two games, you're in the championship. Uh, but it also kind of gave you a little bit of wiggle room. Like, hey, if you you know if you drop this and they beat them, then you can you know be doing this. Uh, but what I like this year is just if we're talking about the conference, is just getting everyone to experience that um, that tournament feel and just giving you know, opportunity to Kansas or Kansas is a really scrappy team and they, you know, they may be able to do something and, and, you know, just be able to compete for another weekend. So um, for us personally, I know it doesn't, you know, really get to us that much, um, but just the fact that you win one game against an unknown opponent, Baylor, Iowa state, uh, you win one game, you're in a championship kind of, um, you know, that's just the biggest difference. But as far as, like, preference, um, you know, again, out of my control, I just I just show up when I need to show up. And we'll do our <laughs> JT, two more, and I'll let you get out of here. Number one, how big do you think that was when you take off your, your hitter's cap and you look at it from a pitcher's perspective to see Nicole May do what she did on Saturday? I thought that was so huge. Uh, she's taken out of the game. Hope comes in. Has a couple good innings, or has a couple good hitters and struggles, and then May kind of like Jordy did against Tennessee comes back in and is dominant. And no one seems to remember now with what's happened this year, but I mean Nicole May was the star of the Super Regionals, and at this point last year, you know there was so much unknown. How huge do you think that was for Nicole going forward to have that moment on Saturday? No, it was it was so huge and. The thing about Nicole May is she's been doing it all year, and people are going to look like, well, you know, what are you talking about? She's been shutting our offense down all year, and our whole pitching staff, they are so good. And I, like, I think I've said it before, is I am just glad that I don't have to face them um, in a real game, you know, because, they, like, all of them together are lethal. All of them on their own are lethal. But when you – you know, the way that we did it when, when Hope was doing her thing and being able to bring Nicole May back in, it wasn't a surprise because, you, you know, you, you think about it, she only had really one hard-hit ball, that, that home run over the fence. And, you know, Busby's a phenomenal hitter. And, you know, 
to give it up to that hitter in that setting was like, just ah, okay, and then come mm-hmm. back and then do it. So that, it was really only one one hit like that, you know. So um, she's she's awesome, and she's gonna keep dealing as we as we move forward. So speaking of awesome, what a moment on Friday night to see Kinsey Hansen um, break out of what had been a, a bit of a slump for her. JT, I, I keep on, hey, how big is this going forward? How monstrous is that going forward? But here's Kinsey Hansen, who has, you know, from the numbers she's put up, struggled a bit. To see that as a potential trampoline for her the rest of the way, what can that do for her and her confidence, which I don't think ever really truly lacks for her? <laughs> yeah, no, that's one thing for sure. It doesn't it doesn't ever lack. And, uh, you know, one of the things that it's, Everyone, everyone's career uh, career path is is unique, and you know that's one of the things that tell you, hey, you're this, this is just something that we're you're going through. And if we get caught up on the outcomes and the results, then we're gonna, you know, con- you're just gonna continue to be frustrated. So that's that's the one thing um, with her that the confidence level is so important because if we let the outcomes define you know, our value as hitters or, you know, whatever the case is, then we're never going to hit. And we're just going to keep looking at the scoreboard, you know, wishing, like, hey, was that a hit? Was that this? But um, her, her perspective as a, as a hitter has really changed this year in a good way because, you know, not everything is going to be handed to you. Not everything's going to be given to you. And she knows that. And, you know, all our, all our players know that. And it's just about, at the end of the day, old-fashioned hard work of just if you don't like something – and you know, manifest it and, and how you approach your problem. So um, she's, she's really done a good job of, of putting in really good work and um, just feeling it out. And she's I think exactly what you're saying. She's going to continue to be huge for us moving forward. Have you sold yourself on Sauce Gardner yet? Are nope. you buying? No? Nope. Right. Like nope. I like what you did with that nope. second pick, though. Nope. Uh, no. Yeah, and you know, it, it, it if it looks good on paper, that's great. But we're not playing fantasy football. You know, <laughs> we're not playing fantasy football. Uh, I we, uh, we at the end of the day, what looks good on paper is win. That's what I need. So if we can win, if we can win some games and it's looking promising, then hey, let's go. <laughs> You're the man. I'll see you on Friday, JT. Have a great week, man. Thanks, Plank. Always great talking. We'll to see you, buddy. It's JT Gasso. Obviously, happy. Mother's Day and birthday to his wife, Andrea Gasso. And then I think, I think, Josh, I think I got replaced on the depth chart, on Poppy's depth chart by Gabe. I don't know. But I'm fine with that. It happens in life. It's going to hurt a little bit. But I think, I think Gabe might have moved past me on the Poppy depth chart. How did that happen? Well, number one, um, we're separated on game days because I'm in my area and he's out in his area and Gabe gets to be in the Papio with him. So this is why I'm trying to move our play-by-play location out to the Papio in the, uh, sc- underneath the scoreboard in left center field. So they've really bonded. And- yeah, and I'm kind of worried about it, but it's fine. You know, I, I'll, I'll move past it at some point. It hurts. It hurts a little bit. There was a, maybe a report of a burrito. That was going to be delivered pregame that never showed up. So that hurt a little bit. But, I mean, we'll fight through it, John. I still got you, right? Oh, you didn't, you didn't get your burrito. I didn't get my pregame burrito. 
But now that Oklahoma wins after I got it, maybe that's a good luck thing. I mean, I don't know if you realize this, but people in diamond sports seem to be a little stitious every now and then. So now we're sort of of the belief that you can never have a burrito. Can never have one now. Even though the last time I did have a breakfast burrito before a game, they won, but it was only two to one. So, yeah. You've always got me, buddy. We're, got we're always boys, man. Stuck. I got your back. Thank you. Um, I think one of the most fascinating things in looking back on chatting with JT is this. Uh, Jada Coleman has just smoothly slid into that leadoff spot. And I, she's – her on-base percentage is through the roof. Now, I know you're, the highlight reel isn't going to show a walk. Right, you're not gonna, you're not gonna turn on Sports Center, and under their top ten plays is Jada's eye, you know, watching a close pitch that's out of the zone. I get it, but that's what helps you win titles. And I think every now and then we need to pause with Jada Coleman and realize this is someone who came in as an infielder and had never played outfielder her whole career, and the first time she played outfield was a few months before she came to college. And now she's become one of the best center fielders in the game. And when when Grace Lyons retire or graduates after next season, then maybe there's a year for Jada at short. I don't know. But yeah, I I'm a fan, man. I'm a fan in everything that she's done. All right. Caravan tonight is in Amarillo. And then, like I said, I've been thinking about the trip to Duncan on Thursday. Got a big night. <laughs> I meant to ask this of Toby. We got a big night tonight, Josh. We got a family soccer meeting. Like all the, the families are being brought together for some reason. I'm a little nervous about it. Do I need to dress up for this? Do I need to prepare anything? Do I need to pregame before it? I don't know. But then tomorrow, after our big soccer meeting tonight, tomorrow I'm back on the Sooner football fans podcast with uh, with sooner terry and robert um so i'm pretty i'm pretty pumped about that but then thursday it's like i don't know man the stevens county fairgrounds may be calling my name i think it's the only chance i'd have to go to one of the caravans because here pull that back up real quick josh i apologize because houston the 17th I mean, it's just, listen, unless they want to throw me on the jet to get down there, there's no quick way to get to Houston. Dallas on the 19th is when my son's graduating from high school. And then Wichita on the 24th? Eh, maybe. Maybe Wichita on the 24th. But should be fun tonight. Amarillo for the caravan stop inside the Amarillo Civic Center. You, you could maybe, you could just go to the OKC Omni on May 26th. Um, that there's a chance we could be playing in the Super Regionals that night. Yeah, you won't be able to go to that one. There's a chance. Now, I don't know. Someone might correct me. You know, it, Just hologram you in. TJ and Toby were talking about moments when their memory is really good. And I'm pretty good about who we've played in Super Regionals and Regionals over the last you know, 10 years. I'm really bad about what days they are. <laughs> I'm pretty sure most of our regional plays have been Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But nerdy softball talk here real quick. ESPN has really developed something with these Thursday night games. 
the ratings for the Thursday night games have been up there with, you know, hockey and even college basketball games during the week, men's and women's. So I can't help but wonder, do they continue that when we get to regionals and super regionals? And do they say, hey, we're trying to develop something, so we're going to put the biggest draws on Thursday or Thursday night? We'll see. I doubt it, but we'll see. Well, if it's going that well, I don't think it's I don't think it's crazy to think Who, it's a possibility. And, and what's the biggest draw right now at this moment in college softball? It's the Oklahoma Sooners with three players on the top ten list for player of the year finalist. And the and the obvious fact that they finished the season, regular season, with one loss. And nobody should fight it. If you get asked to do the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, because the Thursday TV slot has been fantastic. You you jump for joy because it's great for the sport. Here's the only thing I would say, Coach Casso, or anyone who has any sway over this. So Thursday the 19th is the day after my son graduates. So can we please not play an afternoon game? Can you make that a night game so I don't have to get a fill-in? I don't know how I would handle missing a, a postseason game. And we have to – I'm celebrating my son on that Thursday. So just uh, please, please. All right, quick break. It is 9 th- – whoa, how is it 9.37 already? What do we do? Okay, 405-651-3439. Serious question. 405-329-9000 if you want to call him. That's the 651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. 329-9000 is the call-in number. Uh, where, where do you want to go with NIL talk? Are you as are you tired of it? Do you want us to continue to nerd out on it? Do we want to continue to educate ourselves? Where are we going with it? It's a plank show right here on The Ref. <laughs> All of a sudden, you come yelling from the other room, and it's like, it's it's the unedited version. Hurry. It's the uncensored version. Is there an uncensored version of this or no? Well, I'm always nervous. <laughs> I, I don't know, but it's it, come on, get in here. Come <laughs> on, FCC. What are you doing? Could be a violation. Four zero five six five one three four three nine. That's the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Slow start today. Slow start today on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Let's go. Shout out though. I did hear from my uh, my man Brian Hines, behinds legendary disc golfer. Who is tuned in in Tulsa today, Josh, on the Bluetooth while throwing this morning? How's it going? Good morning. I miss disc golf so much. I really do. I miss golf. I miss fun. I miss life. So I miss anything. But don't get no sympathy for me. I mean, it's it's literally uh, softball, sports, and yard work. That's kind of welcome to my world. Okay, so ballpark this for me. Go ahead. After Oklahoma wins another national championship in softball, right? That'll be done in June tenth. Okay, so right front half of June, right? So that gives you June, July, sort of August. Though you'll be going right. to practices here and there, so a couple months, right, to sort of recalibrate before. Well, okay, so I've made a decision. Okay, to off road here a second. Yes, and I've got a disc golf comment that I would like to make for my grandma's 90th birthday party, but continue. I just I just asked my wife, I said, you decide which chores you want me to check off for today yet? The response was okay. 
Does that mean all of them? Toby, we might not record be recording a podcast at one on one. Uh, one o'clock. She um, wants you to take initiative and just just do them all. Yeah, determine that okay. you're going to do every last one. So I have come to this decision, and you tell me what you think about it, because I can't really do anything in the mornings because I take my daughters to skew. So I think the last week of school is, I think it's next week, is the last week of school for. Washington Public Schools. And I've been thinking about every day on the way to work, coming about an hour earlier, and just really trying to fine-tune the own the old golf game. Like really taking a summer to focus on. Because usually my golf game is this show up, play golf. Right? Not not really try to work on and my brother-in-law's getting good, and I can't have him beating me. Because he just took up the game two years ago, and I've been playing for 15, and I still stink. Actually, oh my gosh, I'm 47 now. I've been playing for 31 years, and I'm still terrible at golf. So, like, early morning, hitting a few ranges, maybe the trails if they'll let it happen, or I don't know, any other, maybe mix it up a little bit. There's several different ways it could take into work. How did you get to the discrepancy of 15 years and 31. Sometimes, Can you explain that to me? Sometimes I still feel like I'm in my 30s. Sometimes I feel like I just turned 30 <laughs> instead of just almost turning 50. I think it's a great plan, though. I think you get after it, absolutely. And just every day, you know, some people have workouts in the gym, right? They have arms, they have leg day, they have cardio day, and I just have, like, wedge day, and I have driver day, and I just I really fine-tune it. Here's what usually ends up happening when I do that, though, is I, I, I overread. I read too much. That's what ends up happening to me. Anyway, that's my goal for this summer, Josh. You tell me if you're on board. Totally on, on board. I was just going to tell you on the disc golf equation. Yes, from, from your grandma's Mother's Day? Her 90th birthday okay. party a couple of weeks back. It was so funny. My... Uh, one of my cousins, Austin, it's all he could talk about. Oh, we went and we were playing disc golf over here, and then he was, like, explaining all of the different types of people that play disc golf, which was kind of funny. He didn't describe them as athletic. Well. He said there's some extracurricular activities taking place on the disc golf course. <laughs> uh, that's been rumored. <laughs> that's been rumored before. Usually, I would say – the question of athleticism can be one that is fair, but I have seen some athletes out there where you're like, dang, man, this guy could wing it, and they probably couldn't throw it any farther than the fat, out-of-shape dude who's just getting a good walk-in and maybe a good buzz. I'll never give anybody too difficult of a time for – Doing something like disc golf to where you it could be, it could yeah, you're outside. It can be good exercise, but I was thinking to myself, man, you gotta come on, Austin. You gotta get a different hobby, dude. <laughs> I, I can't listen to any more conversation about disc golf. Come on, is that all he talked about? Like three hours. Oh my gosh, it really is. You know, his it would have sucked. We would have wore you out because then I, we would have ended up outside grabbing a disc and talking about grips. Hey, take me through your grip on your mid range. What do you do? Tell me about Caleb Spencer. What do we know as we shift back? Get back to sports! Well, 
He is a six foot three, two hundred pound safety. Seems pretty lanky for a safety. No doubt. Yeah, he's he's got some range to him from Colonial Heights, Virginia, Life Christian Academy. So Virginia kid, another one of those uh, East Coast type kids that all of a sudden, you know, with with uh, Brent Venables taking over, some of the ties that he got at Clemson, that's now here to work for Oklahoma. 247 Sports Composite, he's 661st nationally. 59th safety, three-star kid, 14th, 15th player from uh, Virginia. So, nice commitment. Good. And, and I, you know, the development side of it, 6-3, that's great. I mean, somebody like that, you, you can mold into being really an NFL-type talent. I mean, he's got some serious, serious size to him. And I'd be curious, too. Parker will probably know better. But, you know, could he beef up and play linebacker, too? I mean, he's six foot three. Are, is Oklahoma's defense just going to be all linebackers? Is that all we're going to have? <laughs> we will only play linebackers, and you will deal with it. Meanwhile, uh, Davis Bevel yesterday – Committed to the University of Oklahoma, the pit transfer signal caller, which would bring him in to be the apparent backup to Dylan Gabriel. He was a three-star prospect in the class of 2019. He appeared in six games, completing five of ten passes for 30 yards. He, he played in three games, played extensively in the Peach Bowl against Michigan State. After Kenny Pickett opted out of the game and backup Nick Patty went down with an injury. 14 of 18 passes for 149 yards and his lone career touchdown toss came in the Peach Bowl. So we mentioned on Monday's show how Parker had left us with a bit of a cliffhanger during Friday's show of quarterback and wide receiver that would be visiting Oklahoma we uh, LV visited this weekend. LV Bunkley Shelton, the wide receiver out of Arizona State. Gary Bohannon did visit, or Jerry Bohannon, excuse me, did visit. But I mean, he left Baylor because he wasn't the starter. So I don't think you then come to Oklahoma to to take a backup spot. And that's what Bevel has done. It appears. I mean, he's got a battle. I mean, he even said betting on myself. But we'll so see. So who's going to start for Baylor? Uh, the kid that started in the bowl game in the Big 12 championship game, and his name just completely escapes me. Yeah, and he looked good. He looked good. But, yeah, they've uh, – Basically, they didn't guarantee the job to Bo Hannon. Blake Shapin. Right. Yeah. Well, no, they named Shapin the starter. Oh, man. They named Shapin the starter, and oh, then Bo man. Hannon jumped right into the transfer portal and uh, was at South Florida by the end of the day. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so. makes sense. Quick break. Back to wrap, uh, wrap up hour one next. Made a horrible strategic decision last night, Josh. I downloaded a game on my phone, so now I'm playing it. Nonstop. What game? NASCAR Heat. <laughs> NASCAR so if you see heat. if you see me in here moving my phone around, it's because I thought, what a great time to download a game to divert your attention from anything going on. Whenever, well, a we're grinding like never before for content on this show. We're entering into the busiest time of the year for college softball. I've got two articles due probably, what, 
Thursday, Friday of this week? When, when do you know when our deadline is for Boyd it's Street? It's going to be soon. Is it? Yeah, and I'm so, waiting to see what happens on a couple of high school related oh, items. No. So it's going to be right down to the deadline for me too. Is the headline story on our Boyd Street magazine the Washington Warriors winning the slow pitch state championship? I think yeah, most people have been discussing that. Would hope so, Mark. Would hope so. Make sure to ask Joey this morning about his experience with PlayStation racing games. Since oh, is it, a NASCAR kid. is it bad? It was horrible. <laughs> I hated watching him play that game growing up. Because all you would do, well, that game was terrible. Because all you could do is just run people over and you win the race. It's like, oh, one. It's like, you wrecked everyone. Your car's destroyed. He'd sit there for hours just mushing his brain playing that stupid racing game. Well, guess what I'm going to do during this commercial break? I'm going to mush my brain playing this race. No, actually, when we come back, you know, I'm a sucker for a good list. So, there is a new post-spring college football top 25. And I say new. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure for most of our stuff, we could say the Rush already did it. Rush already did this. But the post-spring top 25, courtesy of CBSSports.com. Let's get into it next. No doubt a band that played a major part in my post-college life. Real Big Fish. People forget Ska was popular for about a year, maybe a year and a half. We had if like, it was only a year and a year and a half, then how are there so many Ska bands? Uh, I think that they tried to take advantage of it, and then it just bottomed out real quick. Though I'd be all about going to watch a real Big Fish concert. That's like the second wave of pop punk bands. All Time Low had a pretty good run, but after, say, Green Day and Offspring and Weezer and Blink, like 19 other pop punk bands that never got off, got off the ground at all. Do they still tour? Um, apparently the only lasting member of Real Big Fish is their front man, Aaron Barrett. Really? That's according to Wikipedia. You know what concert I'm intrigued by here locally soon? It's at Riverwind. Oh, it's at Riverwind? Um, Night Ranger? Motoran. Well, that would be great, sure. (laughs) Who? Everclear. Oh, I'd go watch them. We should. We should go watch them. I'm down. Show field trip. Dan Soder is coming to Oklahoma City in August. I Soda think. Pop? I'm all about him. But yeah, Wait, I don't, who is that? He's a comedian. <laughs> he's he's on the bonfire. He's on my radio show that I listen to incessantly. <laughs> which which was having a hilarious debate yesterday that we need to talk about off the air. But I like my job and I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> okay, yeah. It's Always good to I mean, use BF- that type of judgment. BFC tried to get me canceled yesterday. I appreciate it, but we're good. Uh, according to the Air Comfort Solutions at text line, RC Pro-Am was the best racing game Nintendo had to offer when I was a kid. Mike Tyson's Punch-Out was fight. It was a fighting game. Um, That's a good point. I loved RC Pro-Am. I loved it because you could juice up your, your little remote control car get as many, I guess you could say, doohickeys or whatever on it. But, yeah, I was I was all about RC Pro and Mike Tyson's punch-out. I think I beat Mike Tyson once. I think it was one of those moments where I felt like I had peaked in life. Maybe I did when I beat Mike Tyson. It's going to be such a great summer. There's so many video games I have to tackle. 
Now they have these Nintendos that you can buy that have like all the games on them. Blades of Steel was my personal. Nintendo used to have a hockey game when it first came out. First of all, the Nintendo baseball game, I remember I was a little kid, I wanted a baseball game that had players' names on it. So I would I would get my baseball cards out and I'd play this terrible Nintendo baseball game and I'd keep the baseball cards in the order of the batters coming up to the plate. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm sure my dad was probably pretty worried about me at that point. But then RBI Baseball came out, Baseball Stars came out, and you could give the players, uh, they kept their stats. Dude, I was such a Nintendo nerd as a kid. I would keep stats. It's like, dude, my number one hitter is hitting like 475 this season. And my dad would be like, how we would did you? that too. My dad would be like, how do you know? I'm like, look, dad. He's like, we did that too. We had so on the Super Nintendo, and if you're familiar with this game, let me know. We would play Ken Griffey Jr. baseball, and literally there would be notebooks upon notebooks of just stats from this game and that game, which was kind of dorky to begin with. The game also kept stats for you, but we didn't like how the game kept the stats. It wasn't official enough. Man, Taft, he could rake, though. Oh, and one more on the Nintendo thing. Nintendo hockey was awesome. I was always Team USA. Yeah, you would be Team USA, and then you had to choose between um, a fat, tough guy. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. It's, like, horribly insensitive now. You'd have the fat, slow, tough guy. You'd have kind of the mid-range player, and then you'd have the skinny, glass-show type player that would just get knocked out. Yeah. I don't know how I landed on this. I blame you because you played real big fish and we got a ska conversation going. Yeah, and this is a, on this subject, this is a good time to remind you and management and just everybody in general. And let me know if you think I can swing this. Probably, you know, late next football season, I'm going to need a full week off for God of War when it's released. I'm going to need that whole week off. I'm afraid you and my son uh, are the same, too. Yeah, best Edge Fest '98. My man Robbie DeRossett points out for real big fish. I didn't realize that. I Edge Fest '98. Shout out to the Edge up in Tulsa. Um, I used to. I lived at Westport. I lived, <laughs> that just sounds like a ska concert. Yeah, I think it was. And I literally lived in the apartment complex where Edge Fest was. Like, it was right <laughs> next to it. So was it pretty awesome or was it amazing. terrible for a couple of days? It was it was awesome for like one night. Then the next night when you had to work on Saturday morning at like 2 a.m., you're like, oh, this sucks. Gosh, get off. I'm glad to see I've, out of here. I'm glad to see I've progressed from when I was 23 to when I'm uh, 47 to where I'm still working at 2 a.m. in the morning on a Saturday night. Hey, you, you've actually progressed to where sometimes you're working at 4 a.m. Yeah, that's right. I've moved up. <laughs> Here's the top 10 college football teams before we get to the phones at 405-329-9000. That's 405-329-9000. The top 10 college football teams in CBS's post-spring top 25 poll. And I wanted to take a moment to give them credit. And I don't know who did this poll. Um, I don't know... If this was a Barrett-Salee joint, I don't know if the spun.com transcribed it incorrectly. I don't know if it's a carryover from thinking about where they were last year. But there are two teams that don't show up in this top 10 that have shown up in every single top 10 
in the history of ever this offseason. The two teams that aren't in this CBS Sports Top 10 post-spring are USC and Texas. And I'm not going to lie to you, I'm shocked. I sit here humbly in front of all y'all today at 10.09 a.m., shocked. Now, again, I don't understand what all went into this, Josh. There might have been a little bit more than just where they are now. But no USC or Texas. Now, that might have hurt their click numbers. I don't know. But here there are two Big 12 teams in the top 10. Do you want to take a guess as to the two? I know you know one of them because not to try to destroy the buildup here, but they actually have Oklahoma at number four in this. And I won't lie to you, I was a little bit surprised by the other Big 12 team. Baylor. Number five. Number five? Number five. Wow. That's uh, really high. I'm looking at a couple of USA Today Sports. They did their post-spring top 25s as well. Really sort of every media entity you can think of. Matter of fact, you and I should do our post-spring top 25s (laughs) and, and post it to the internet as well. But So Eric Smith has his from USA Today Sports, his post-spring top 25, Bama 1, Georgia 2, Ohio State 3, Oklahoma 4, and rounding out the top five, Clemson 5. His colleague, Paul Mm -hmm. Meyerberg, with USA Today Sports, Alabama 1, Ohio State 2, Georgia 3, Michigan 4, Oklahoma 5, Clemson 6, and let's see, Baylor down at 15. So Oklahoma State 19, that's, you know, pretty high for Baylor to be all the way up to 5. I agree. I agree. Um, by the way, on a sidebar to the rest of this top 10 that CBS Sports put out post-spring, I'm not real familiar with Bet Rivers. I know there's a, I know there's a sports book. Sports books are like waterbed stores from the 70s, um, record stores in the 80s. Like ska bands. Like ska bands in the 90s. Vape stores in the late 2010s. But so now every single, I guess, entity is a sports book. And BetRivers.com released its odds to win the Big 12 championship, which is kind of funny because we've got we've got a top five team in Baylor. And according to CBSSports.com, they have Baylor as one, two, the fifth pick in the Big 12. Wow. Plus 1,200. 12 to 1, huh? Okay, so Oklahoma's the favorite. What do they have for Oklahoma's odds? Uh, w- plus 150. S- okay. So basically even money. Three, three to two odds? Yeah. Texas is second at plus two twenty five. Yeah, why? Why because does Texas keep getting such good odds? I don't know. I was looking at something last night from Bet Online, and they were two to one. Texas was, and I said, "How the heck is Texas two to one? That is a horrible set of odds." Anybody betting on that right now? I mean, you're, why would you even bet on? No, it, it makes it, no pointless. sense. It, it, unless you're just sitting here. Well, I bet on them two to one. Kansas State was fifty to one in the bet online odds I was looking at last night. Kansas, so they are plus two thousand. 
to win the Big 12, according to Bet Rivers. Kansas. Can- Kansas State, I'm sorry. Kansas They're is- 200 to 1? Yeah. Kansas is plus 15,000. So that's. Um, but it, it's not really that Oklahoma's one and, the, and that Texas is two is what surprises me. Oklahoma State plus 700 is three. Do you know their fourth pick is right now? It's got to be Iowa State. It's West Virginia. What? At plus 800. Here's what I think has happened with, with West Virginia. Is I really think people are losing their minds over JT Daniels. And I don't think they've really paid attention recently. How can you judge or gauge anything on JT Daniels? He hasn't played. I mean, it's, it's three. He's on his third school. And he hasn't played, and yet you're going to move a team up to the fourth. But I don't. I think Bet Rivers needs to reevaluate their Big Twelve odds makers. To be honest with you, because if you've got Kansas State at plus two thousand, Josh, I don't know about you. That's a pretty risky number. You get Adrian Martinez there. Colin Klein is taking over at quarterback. They didn't have much to do in the spring because they were down to, uh. Defensive lineman, but I, I'm blown away. Anyway, so back to this top ten, and then we'll get to the phones at four zero five three two nine nine thousand. Um, so Al- Oklahoma four, Baylor five. Those are the two Big Twelve teams. Alabama's one, Ohio State is two, Georgia is three. We mentioned Oklahoma four, Baylor five. Right, so that's probably going to be your one through three in some order in every single preseason poll, right? Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia will be one through three, and then four through ten is going to be a crapshoot, right? In this post-spring top 25, Oklahoma's four, Baylor is five, Michigan six, Texas A&M is at seven. I think Texas A&M is going to be a very popular top five pick this offseason. Um, Notre Dame is at eight, Utah is at nine, and Arkansas is at ten. I think Arkansas will get the um I think they'll get the North Carolina treatment. Like North Carolina remember last year? Maybe in Iowa State too. It's like, wow, this is a great year. And then it kind of like, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about their quarterback. He's not that good. So I'm actually pleasantly surprised to see Oklahoma at four, but even more shocked to see things like Arkansas at ten. I mean you don't like KJ Jefferson? I do, but I mean, I, he's liked, not, I liked Sam Howell last year, too. He's not going to win the Heisman Trophy or anything like that, but he's a solid dual threat quarterback. He's good. Now, there's, you know, no more Traylon Burks, and some things are changing there, but. And let's remember, they open up the season with Cincinnati. So. I they'll, mean, they'll beat Cincinnati. We're going we're to find out pretty quick if Arkansas is any good. Because get this, Cincinnati to open the season, then South Carolina and Spencer Rattler on the road. Oh, Missouri State's in there. They'll be 3-0. and They'll lose to both A&M and Alabama. And they got Mississippi State and BYU. And they might lose They might lose uh, both of those as well. Man, that, that schedule right? is tough. I mean, Holy. that's not a top-10 team at that point. But what if they happen to... I mean, if they're one, two, three, if they're four and zero going into Bama, that's pretty big start to October, isn't it? How do they open with five home games? It's a woo pig baby, the magic of the hogs, and well, the Texas A and M games in Arlington. 
So that's a little bit. Oh, I got you. They're yeah, just yeah, a yeah, home yeah. team for it this year. And there you go, top ten according to CBS Sports Sports. Their schedule, man. Listen, true. Hang in there. Four zero five three two nine nine thousand. Or do you want to get him here? It's uh, ten seventeen. Eh, take a break and give him okay. the full run. Let, let's let's get plenty of time. If you guys want to jump in three two nine nine thousand. Kind of nice. Kind of nice to see the 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 positive buzz for Oklahoma. I think everyone kind of realized after the spring was done and they saw maybe some highlights or maybe more than anything, saw the energy from the fan base, they quickly realized that when Lincoln left, Oklahoma didn't shut down its program. It's like, wait, hold on, they're still playing football? When Lincoln Riley left, I thought they just shut the thing down based on how some of all y'all reacted. No, they've gotten the post-Lincoln clicks. They've incited the rage of the fan base, and now they have to get the reverse clicks, which is now we've got to build OU up. That's right. Just to tear us back down, dang it. (laughs) All right, we'll get your calls next. It's the Plank Show. I'm in a great mood today. I don't know why. Me too. I'm in pretty good spirits hanging out with you today. It's it's been good. I've only, I mean, I haven't even hardly drank any of my coffee. I'm working on guests for the show, looking forward. Um... During every commercial break, still haven't heard back from Andy. Doubt we'll get him today. I mean, it's already ten twenty-four, and he's busy covering the NCAA tournament. I'm sure he is. Baseball tournament. <laughs> I, I looked at one. I looked at one. Um, what am I? What am I trying to spit out here? Bracketology, I guess. Baseball bracketology. So I was looking at softball. Softball. Because I have a good feel about Oklahoma. A couple things concern me. But I do think that they're going to I, – I do think they're going to make their regional spicy. So I think there's a chance. Now, right now, the projected two – and I, have, it, I don't know if jo- Joey's going to join us on Thursday. But Yeah, why do I keep thinking today's Thursday? I keep thinking today's Wednesday, so it's kind of a – I was expecting Joey to join us next hour, <laughs> legitimately. Well, the day does start with a, two, a T, so you're not too far off. But every every projection seems to have Missouri coming here. I don't think Missouri's coming here. I think they're going to send Oregon and Utah here. I really do. I, well, they can't send two from the same conference here, and they would play each other in the first round. I should say Oregon or Utah here. I really do. I think that there's going to be that flair for the dramatic. So one of those two teams, I think, ends up here. If Utah can get in. Utah just took two or three from UCLA playing really well they give the Sooners all kinds of fits out at uh, Adam Palm Springs so yeah I am I am of that group that thinks they're going to try to make this as interesting as possible all right let's um, go to the phone shall we true Sooner Larry what's going on man how are you hey man doing good doing good I had, I had, a, I had a question for you but I, I thought of this because this isn't the question I had but a guy at work asked me this morning, he's considering going to the caravan and going to some of the softball games, um, you know, the regionals and all that stuff. Do they, do they, okay, the caravan, do the coaches sign autographs is one thing you asked me. And I, I've, it's been a long time since I've been to those, probably 20 years since I've been to a caravan. So I said at the time, I remember Stoops doing it. That was my first question about that. And then he asked me about the softball players at the regionals, uh, Oklahoma City or, and or 
Um, I, I guess that would be a Big 12 tournament. But do the softball players sign away from their home field? Do the softball players sign away? You talking about during the Big 12 tournament? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. They do the signings. World. Now, I don't know okay. about the caravan. I'll text Toby real quick and ask him. But right. definitely, definitely, whenever we're talking about the Big 12, you'll see – um, I think there's autograph booths that are set up, not booths, excuse me, but tables, and they're right. in the Big 12. They do. Now, regionals, I don't think so. I don't think okay. so, but definitely during the Big 12, they do. Okay, okay, I'll tell him that. And I, it's been, like I said, it's been 20 years since I've been to a caravan. At that time, I remember Stoop signing stuff. I just, I haven't been to one in forever, and I, I, I couldn't remember. But yeah, if you could, he asked me that this morning, and I said, well, I know one guy that'll know. But anyway, so you were talking about the NIL deal. Um, first of all, have you guys listened to English Beat, or uh, is that too old for you, or the specials? Hold on, English Beat. I don't think I've heard or, English Beat. Or the specials. I listen to a lot of Beetlejuice clips, but... Yeah, not English yeah, you Beat. Got the, you got the two, you beat got the and Brit. Yeah. The Beat are a British band formed yeah. in Birmingham, England in 78. Hmm. You probably would like them. If you like okay. Star, or, or or the specials, the specials were a real... With a, with do they have do up. they have dirty words in their lyrics? No. All right, then we'll all. we'll try it out for a bumper coming back. How's that? Yeah, not at all. Okay, not what the one. specials and who was the first? The English beat. English, yeah, the English beat. Dave Wakeland and the English beat. Okay. And then uh, and then and then the specials were real good. Um, but what I was going to was going to ask you about the nil stuff. I feel like you were talking about it earlier. I feel like that it's a smash and grab right now. You know what I mean? I feel like that these guys all know, I'm talking about the Lincoln Rileys of the world, I feel like they all know that there's perimeters coming and rules coming, and they're like, let's just get what we can right now. I mean, do you feel that way at all? Actually, that was something I was going to get into in the top five stories of the day. I think I think no 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 I love it. I mean listen, yeah. if if people listen for all 3 hours, bless their hearts. Right. Um I'm okay right. with repeating stuff. But no no no, I absolutely. I think they realize, okay, change is coming. It's coming quick. We got to get what we can. And I don't think it's listen, I know that we all want to just jump on on Lincoln. But I don't think it's just Lincoln. I'm sure it's people involved with the Texas A&M collectives and the Texas collectives. Right. They're trying to do everything they can to try to get out there right now and start um, getting what they can get while the getting's good. That's what I'm thinking. Really, you do need to pour one out, though, for the death of the Texas A&M program because as <laughs> soon as these legislations, as soon as they get put into place, they'll be right back to be at Texas A&M. So it's disappointing for them. that still won't be a national championship in their trophy case, but you know what? They gave it a frantic couple of years trying hard at it. That's right. See you guys. See you, buddy. Um, you know what? In addition – I'll wait for Toby to get back to me. In addition to all kinds of all kinds of questions about, hey, what happens at the caravan? I don't know if I've done a good enough job of promoting the win for these caravans, and it's kind of something I'm trying to be better at. Maybe there's – I mean, I'm sure there's a little bit of bitterness that I don't get to go to many of them, <laughs> but – or any of them. But the caravan is back. The dates look like this. Tonight, we're in Amarillo. Tom, um, wait, not tomorrow night. The 12th, so that would be Thursday night in Duncan. The 17th in Houston. 
the 19th, Thursday, May 19th, in Dallas, the 24th in Wichita, and then back in OKC on the 26th. Where's the Wichita caravan at? Um, I don't have I just pulled up something from all Sooners here. I didn't have the I didn't have the cool little thing here. I'm panhandletickets.com. I don't think this is a site I need to be on right now. Uh there you go. The well, I know the Amarillo one is in the Amarillo Civic Center. Does that help you at all? <laughs> yeah, that's thank you. Is is that not uh helpful to you? Boy, there are a lot of websites that sell tickets now. I need to ask my there you go. I need to ask my mom and dad. We used to go to these awesome watch parties for Sooner games in Wichita. And if that Wichita caravan has any of that group, it was a pretty robust group. I mean, there were a lot of Sooner fans in Wichita. I've I've come to discover that from my trip up to Kansas City. Or Lawrence, Kansas. Now, I didn't get to meet anyone, but, oh, man, it was awesome. It was awesome. There was There was a dude that had a sombrero on. He was at everything, and they had a grill, and they were just – I mean, it was a tailgate, Josh. It was a party. So, I don't know, maybe maybe Wichita is the trip we need to look at next week. You know what would be nice if someone said, hey, it would be cool to maybe have the Plank Show come out early and – Kind of lay the foundation. Though, if you think about it, it is kind of pointless to have us out from 9 to noon for an event that doesn't start till 7 o'clock at night. <laughs> I'm from Wichita, so I mean, from that perspective, it sort of makes sense. Um, we're just we're like the appetizer, right? From what I've been told, there's not really like a booth that's set up where everyone signs autographs. Maybe a few here and there, but there's no line or anything. True sooner for the coaches' autographs at at caravan stops. I think it's more of a celebration of Sooner Nation than it is a hey, let's go get this inked. Q and A. You get to ask the coaches questions, right? Yeah. Benny the Marathon Man. Benny, what's going on, dude? How are you? I'm tolerably well in yourself. I'm great, man. Hey, I'm great. first of all, I'm going to give you a compliment. Oh, boy. On the Thursday evening uh, game when oh, you won the Big 12. Uh-huh. You got to go down and interview a lot of the girls. It was great, really wasn't it? I enjoyed listening to that. That was just awesome. I'm going to put that on the podcast today. I'm, I'm well, Toby I and I, and, and I was going to put it on the show yesterday, but I've kind of gone back and forth on it. I mean, it's corny, it's cheesy, it's me being a dork, but we're going to put it on the podcast tonight. So. I think you should have it on podcast or even right. on your show here. I thought that was just tremendous. Yeah, I we really should, enjoyed that. We should revisit and, and play some of it, I think. Okay. And uh, my next is, is I appreciate you giving the HRs, the batting, and the home runs, and RBIs, and batting. I appreciate that, that, that too. Now, my third question is a friend of mine out at my hometown asked me, Oh, you softball won the Big 12 Conference. <laughs> I don't know. And she asked me, why, Indy, so-and-so, do they have a Big 12 tournament when oh, you won the champion Big 12 tournament? Well, she was wondering why they have to have a, you know, a, a tournament after, a, after the conference championship. It's, uh, it's money. I told her I think it's money. Oh. I, didn't, I didn't know what else to tell her. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> uh, I, I would say everyone does it. In softball, mm-hmm. everyone exactly. does it in baseball. The baseball, Big 12 yeah. didn't do it for the longest time. Um, but I would, and, and also, for some of these teams, it's a chance to play in Oklahoma City where the World mm-hmm. Series is held. So that's a big deal. It's a nice tune-up, I think. Automatic bid to the champion, right? Yep, and you yeah. get an automatic yeah. bid if you win it. Um, it's good, and especially for just a seven-team league, I would mm-hmm. understand uh, the questioning of it. And I think that was kind of the big battle 
of, hey, we why are we even wasting our time doing this? You know, honestly, I haven't had a chance, and if I have, I've unfortunately didn't put it to memory. I don't know if Coach is a fan or not of it. I think she is, of having the tournament in general, and it was good to have it back. Uh, the more you play, the better, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. And, yeah. And, and you get better with more reps, so – I don't. I, I. I. It's a little weird this year, Benny, because we're only doing brackets, right? We're not doing. Right. We're yeah. not. We're not doing pool play, so that's going to be mm-hmm. a little bit different. A lot of people making that trip for, but at least four teams, game, three teams are doing it know, for one game. Yeah. Somebody's just going to play one game and, and not going to play more than that. I, I think my understanding was that OU is going to play at one o'clock Friday, and it's going to be. Who are they going to be playing, Baylor, uh, Texas Tech, or Iowa State? Is it one of those three or, or two of one of those? Okay, hold on a second. I completely zoned out. Benny, oh. ask again. I apologize. Uh, who, who are they going to play? Oh, okay. Uh, I'm sorry. in that first game Friday. I, t- I totally just zoned out. They're going to play the winner of Baylor, Iowa State. Baylor, Iowa State. That's right. Okay, that's, that's what I thought. And then Texas is in the bracket with OSU. That's right. So um, most likely on Friday, you're going to get Oklahoma and, gosh, Iowa Baylor. State. Yeah, Iowa State's been really good this year. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then you're probably going to get Oklahoma State and Texas. Though I'll say this. Yeah, I'm one of those two winners. Texas right now is is not projected to host a regional. And they've kind of, I mean, they just gave up 17 runs on Saturday to Baylor. So, wow. And Texas Tech was playing them tough two weeks ago. So I'm not, there's always an upset. Somebody gets upset mm-hmm. in the Big 12 tournament. Yeah, and, exactly. And I just – I mean, I'll be curious to see if it's if it's Texas or Oklahoma State who gets well, beat in that first round. the last round. thing, it was amazing that in that uh, 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 the game, oh, you won 5-3, to three, that Hope walked four batters in a row, and then – we score four runs on one hit with two hit batters and a, <laughs> and a walk. Market. That's just incredible. <laughs> I mean, it's how could two two great pitchers like that go haywire? <laughs> you know, it just I just couldn't believe that when I was listening to Hope through those four walks consecutive. She probably hadn't walked four hardly in a game all year long, maybe a game or two, but not four back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Yeah, it's crazy. Thanks. Uh, hey, good to hear you, Benny. And, hey, I appreciate it. One more thing. <laughs> Now, who's going to play third and first next year? I mean, it's just uh, Grace Green at first. Well, you know what? I think that's a good question to dive into next second. It's a good tease, Benny. See you, buddy. Have a good one. Thanks, guys. Okay, can I have a softball segment next? Are you guys cool with that? You may. I do this a lot near the end of the season, and I talk about it on the broadcast. We've gotten a little feedback, too, on... Ska bands? Well, Nintendo? No, I, I'd like more feedback on that, but a little bit on Nintendo, yeah. <laughs> We've gotten a little bit of feedback on the postseason tournaments, the conference tournaments, which I think is interesting that we can dive into. Well, and the NCAA last night lifted its, you know, I didn't know there was a rule requiring it, but they lifted that, so now that you teams might get away from divisions which I think is really cool. You and I were getting into that a little yeah. bit with the Big Ten last night. Now I've got a lot of homework to do to try and come up with who three permanent opponents for every school would be. But, hey, clicks, baby. Clicks, That's what baby. We're, here for. we're all about clicks at dailywire.com. Wait, hold on. What's the website again? Hawkeyeswire.usatoday.com. Hawkeyeswire. Yeah, I don't need it. 
DailyWire.com. Who am I, my wife? All right, so uh, we're doing a break. It's 1038. Let's talk about that when we come back. Because I find myself falling into the future, right? I find myself falling into, all right, what's this going to look like next year? And, I mean, I was I was dead set after Kelsey Arnold graduated that, well, Kaylee Clifton will probably move to short and they'll bring in a new second baseman. And then, lo and behold, this kid named Grace Lyons came in and changed everything. <laughs> So, it's a good question. We'll talk about it next. Plus, I want to tell you what I think was the biggest moment of the season. And I think it happened on Saturday. It's a plank show. Hey, welcome back into the plank show right here on The Ref. He's Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. This is the English beat. Is that who this? Oh, I've heard them. Okay. This is a pretty popular tune. 1044 on a Tuesday morning. The weather outside is? I don't know. I don't know. I can't see outside. I haven't. Weather outside is hot. Dude, I've been, I've literally, I've been grinding in here. I've been grinding. I've been working away. We got top five stories today. Who was your boss that made sure time, weather, time, and temp? The, whenever I first got my own radio show, and it wasn't even mine, in 1999, I, I was so thirsty for feedback because I, I thought we were doing good. We had calls. It was, it was cplank1430 at AOL.com. There was always people getting involved, and it was good. I mean, I was 23 years old. I didn't know what I was doing. But right, I you were good. attacking people. No idea. Dude, Twenty. I don't want any of those tapes out. Let me tell you something I want to hear some of those. Let me tell you how I feel right now about what's going on with the NBA. I mean, there is a lot of that. <laughs> do you do you have some of those tapes oh, somewhere? I found a whole bag of tapes the other day, and I started going through them, and it was great. <laughs> yeah, send some of those to me. I want to check those out. My my octave's a little bit higher. I bet. Uh, and I always, I mean, I always had, like, Don King was on with me. I had great co-hosts. I haven't, uh, I haven't done a good enough job saving some of my early stuff with us. Oh, I've got it all. And every so often I'll pop a tape on, and there'll be like a Jinx play-by-play on there. But I had – so I was really – I was feeling good. And Rick Cohn was the general manager at Clear Channel at that time. And he came in to me, and I, or, and, <laughs> and, and I just took a break. He goes, listen, the show's great. I'm really happy. We're going to make you the permanent host. I'm like, really? That's awesome. He's like, yeah. I just need you to do two things. And I was like, and in my mind, it was, what? Okay, what? What could it be? He's be- about to. He's about to give you the Jim Valvano speech. Because there was a little limbo, right? We had had a a, a co-host that you guys know, but he had been let go. So I was kind of stuck in limbo doing a four-hour show. We had Big Alan Ryan on in the morning, and they. Obviously, were my lifelines and did great things. It was great. Had great callers, texters. Well, it wasn't texters back then. It was emailers to the show, like Saluki Larry. It was great. And he goes, I need you to give the time and temperature more. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> the last suggestion you thought you were about to receive. Right. I thought it was going to be, you need, to, you need to tone it down a little bit. You need to watch your language. Or Can we get some guests? All the right. Can you know your guest list is okay, but might, might want to ratchet it up a little bit. I want you to use. I thought it was going to be you. So and so is a resource, and you know we're bringing in this guy, and he's going to be great. No, no, no. It was. I need you to give the time and temperature more. It's like, but everyone has the time on their radios. Okay, so that was sort of 
That's such an old school mindset now. If you hear anyone give you the time and the temperature, you should laugh at it. 1046 on the Plank Show, 82 degrees outside. What were you saying? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was sort of the infancy of the internet really taking off. So how did you show prep back then? Did you use the newspapers, newspapers a lot? Newspapers, yeah. man. Tulsa World, Oklahoma, get a USA Today, even though it was the USA yesterday, because every single score was from yesterday. All I used the internet for, Josh, was to go on message boards and to get uh, Monday Nitro ratings. That's all I did. <laughs> Which is did, important. Did Nitro beat WrestleMania last night? And then, of course, my uh, infamous message board handle, Jake Sills for Life, would get on and troll Jake a few Sills for life. OSU fans. <laughs> So the, um, the question that was asked before the break by Benny was looking forward for Oklahoma Sooner softball. And it was fantastic how I would sit here and, in my mind, go ahead and determine a starting lineup for 23. So here's what I came up. I don't know much about the uh, crew coming in. Because everybody knew about Jordy Ball at this time last year, but I don't, I don't know much about the the new players that are coming in, and outside of S.J. Guerin, because well, I mean, I went to school with her with her parents, and I know Kirsten Deal is supposed to be legit, but I don't, I don't know if in addition to Kirsten Deal. If someone like a Jocelyn Erickson factors in at first base, um, a versatile athlete who's a lefty, I don't know if you know maybe an Avery Hodge could factor in over third or if she's someone that's coming in that's going to need some time. But in my mind, here's what I see. I see Brito at third, Lyons at short, Jennings at second, and a good battle at first. And Grace Green could be in that battle. One of the newcomers could be in that battle. You know, Patty, I keep saying, Coach Gasso likes having an athletic first baseman. And she's not afraid to move people around. Katie Self was an outfielder, moved to first in 16. She used low at first, who was a really good athlete. Maybe it's one of these freshmen that's not playing now or playing a ton. Maybe it's a... Even though she's not the tallest, maybe it's a Tria Coleman. I don't know. But I think that's going to be an in, maybe maybe it's Sophia Nugent, who has been a really good catcher, but has been working some at first base. Now, I like Sophia Nugent, so I have no problem saying this. She's not looked real smooth over there when given her opportunities in practice. But their outfield is set. I mean, they're going to have the best defensive outfield in college softball next year because you're going to have Jada Coleman in center and you're going to flank her with Riley Boone and Hannah Core. And if Hannah Core can figure out the hitting part of this, look out. So there's my 2023 look ahead. Thank you, Benny. Uh, I mentioned the biggest moment, I think, for the season happened on Saturday. I'm going to tell you what it was next. Were you mentioning Sublime before you play this? Excuse me. Yes, I was. First off, this song is The Specials, a message to you, Rudy. But I, all I can hear is the sublime version where <laughs> lyrics are a little different. 
But yeah, this is uh, I'm familiar with this because of Sublime. Uh, saddest story ever for a band, right? Sublime. When you think uh, about just when they, well, basically he. No, they hadn't even made. They hadn't made it yet. yet. They they got famous after he after overdosed. Heroin man, heroin Frank, heroin. Yeah. Um, but you know, can I can I read when we generate a response on? The Air Comfort Solutions text line. I want to hit it. Quick. Sure, yeah, we want to acknowledge. 405-651-3439. As for the outfield starters, I think that Lilio, uh, Lilio and T. Coleman have a better chance to start in 2023 than Core. I do not. Um, Erickson will likely start at first base. Hodge will likely be a backup infielder playing second or short, but by midseason could be playing a lot. Deal and Garen will – be as good as may with deal likely better. That's from my man. Oh, you believer 56. I think Coleman's got a better shot as a DP course core is going to be a starting outfielder next year. It's just a matter of if she can get her hitting right. That's it. Um, <laughs> Saturday, Saturday had a moment that might get lost, but I think it's massive for this team. And, and just wrapping up the softball talk, I mean, I've got it in the top five stories of the day, of course, because it's softball and I love it. But I don't know if we can stress enough how big seeing Nicole May come back in that game and pitch the way she did truly was. It is huge. Josh, we talked about it yesterday. You remember vividly the conversation that we had after the Super Regionals last year, right? Boy, they found their ace. Nicole May, that's the ace. Nicole's. And JT told us earlier, she is somebody that is filthy. And I don't know how else to put this, but you're going to need pitching depth. Well, I think both You always do. Both Troutwine and May have been overshadowed for Oklahoma. Sure. Because of Jordy Ball, her charisma. Her ability, obviously, but just her her stardom. Yeah. Seems more than Jordy Ball in the circle, but she's been awesome. <laughs> she's been awesome. Right. I almost <laughs> feel bad mentioning that because, Jordy, you deserve your cred. I, right, I, right, right. I gotcha. But I, I just I, – I don't think we'll remember it, but I think in the long term you might look back and when – if Nicole pitches a lot this weekend, or are you see her in the regionals, you think that moment when she kind of got her swag back when she came back in against OSU was huge. All right, top five stories of the day next. One of the greatest intros in UFC. Boy, we're big on a music kick today for a guy like myself who's pretty anti-music. <laughs> you know, the worst part about it is it doesn't translate to the podcast at all because... Oh, no, you can't play it on the podcast. Chris Weidman used to walk out to this, and as soon as it would hit, you're like, ah! To uh, the folks over at Harv Collins Field, maybe, you know, I love Tom Petty, but I won't back down maybe like... Twice a game instead of 45 times. <laughs> Does it happen a lot? There was one game where it's like every third down, and I won't back down. They had uh, Chris Weidman's won't back down as the third 
best walkout song in UFC history. I don't know about that. I mean, that's pretty pretty sharp. What was, was one and two? Uh, a country boy can survive. Matt Hughes, though I don't think Matt Hughes used that a lot. I mean, number one's got to be "Ain't No Sunshine." Oh, listen, this is a terrible list. Whoever did this list needs to be fired. Ain't fired. no sunshine's pretty good. Uh, number one, Ronda Rousey, "Bad Reputation" by Joan Jett. No, I mean it's a great song, but it's the number one song. Ever number since, one, walkout. Ever since she got her face smashed in, it can't be number one anymore. When, what year did this come out, dude? Oh, this came out in 2018. Gosh, I miss old school UFC. I miss it so much. It's become so and, – and maybe this is a me problem and it's just fallen out of uh, my depth chart a little bit, but – You liked when it was yours and not everybody else's? Is right. that what you're saying? I, hey, I was a fan before they hit mainstream. I was a fan before they were on the uh, Billboard Top 25. All right, what do you say we hit the uh, top five stories of the day? Because it, it has been – a rather busy plank show today, and I don't know uh, how newsy we've actually been. So, Hour 3 is brought to you by Roof Tech of Oklahoma, locally owned and operated for 30 years. Call Josh Tucker at Roof Tech for all your roofing needs at 405-703-4245. They guarantee the highest quality workmanship in the roofing industry. Big story number five. Number five. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, did it freeze on you? Does it not like you? We can't do this without the voice guy announcing big story number five. Number five. It did freeze on me, but we're back. We're back. So Fox Sports this morning announced that Tom Brady will be joining Fox and its NFL coverage as soon as the seven-time Super Bowl champ retires. I loved the first comment I saw was, man, I feel bad for Olsen. He's been working so hard for this opportunity, and they just handed it off to Brady. Olsen's been an analyst for two years. What do you mean worked very hard for this opportunity, you dope? Does this give you a timeline on Tom Brady that this is the final year? Did you see what he's getting paid? He's getting paid like $23 million. So like an NFL salary? Yeah. He, he might be getting more from Fox than he's getting from the Buccaneers this year. I, I had a very controversial take that I threw out there early in the, uh, in the program. But I th- I, I'm excited. He's going to be great. I don't think this is a – I don't think this is a situation where – I don't think this is a situation where Tom Brady's going to suck at this. I don't think this is a Jason Witten, Emmitt Smith. And I think he's going to be great. But you have had incredible turnover in the broadcast booth, right? CBS, Jim Nance, and Tony Romo, the number one team, are back. NBC, Al Michaels is gone, but Mike Trico is in, and you guys know how I'm the only one who loves Chris Collinsworth. ESPN, Monday Night Football now has Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Easy now. I love Chris Collinsworth. Oh, you and me, that's right. We're a tag team partner on this. Amazon, for its Thursday night exclusive games, has Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet, while Kevin Burkhart and Tom Brady will be the number one team for Fox, but I'm assuming for the interim, Greg Olson will be in that booth. Alan Kirk is going to be sort of a weird combination. I think they're going to be really good together. Yeah, no, I, right. I think it'll be it'll be good. It's just I don't know. Maybe it's just the Kirk Herbstreet doing NFL games in general. It'll be different. It'll take some getting used to. 
But my unpopular opinion is I think the number one team is Buck and Aikman. I think Mike Trico and Chris Collinsworth is number two. I don't know. I love Kevin Burkhart. He's got Fox is still going to be great. Al's awesome. I'm just it's I'm not anti Romo either. It's like, Nance Romo's the best. People that complain about it, it's like well, they're calling a football game. I mean, if unless they call the unless they have the wrong jerseys and the wrong team on their spotter board, I mean, you can't you really can't screw it up. Nance Romo one, Tariko Collinsworth two, Buck Aikman three. I think I I would flop one and three, and I'm very intrigued by Michaels and Herb Street. But a big sport a story breaking this morning. Also, Thursday is the release of the NFL schedule. And as you know, that's the day where I let you all know the Raiders are going 15-2 and because they'll lose both games to the Chiefs because they're the Raiders. But we also find out, like, who's playing on Thanksgiving, who's playing on Christmas Day. We're expecting a game on Black Friday this year. But we know one of our Christmas games. So we got the international games. We know the first Thursday exclusive Amazon game, which is week two. We know the week two Monday Night Football doubleheader, but we don't. We don't know the full schedule. But now, or, or the opener, I guess too. The, the, who the Rams are going to play in their opener? Some thought Rams Broncos in the opener. Josh Helmer. Broncos. I would love Rams Broncos as the opener. I think it'd be fantastic. Broncos you, Rams on Christmas Day. Oh, on Christmas Day, that's pretty pretty good. So it means I think you're. I don't think the NFL is going to put the Rams in a position where they would play a team that could take over their stadium. So I don't think they're going to play the Niners, and I don't think they're going to play the Raiders. So I feel like this is like a slam dunk left lane hammer down for Bills and Rams, right, to open the season? Let's hope so. I think that'd be great. Um, So there you go. You know what else is coming up here pretty shortly on Tuesday? But Today is Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Okay, what is it? The NBA Draft Lottery. Two opportunities, double the ping pong balls. Let's go. Big money, big money, big money. But it, I, I almost wouldn't mind. Go ahead being, and dust off that that slot machine. Come I on, baby. Touch the sides being, up. I wouldn't mind being two this year. I'm so anti Chet Holmgren. Please don't take Chet Holmgren. Please don't. <laughs> We've got enough scrawny dudes. Yeah, come on. Can, can, I, can I get Paolo Boncaro, please? All right. Um, big story number four. Number four. Listen, you've got um, some buzz about the new DB slash linebacker, Caleb Spencer, that we've been digging into, uh, Davis Bevel, as well as the Sooners add to yesterday. Now, now Spencer is looking ahead. We're looking ahead a little bit. But um, 2024 class? Oh, 23 class. Yeah, no, he's he's a 23 kid okay. out of Virginia. Three-star, according to 247 Sports. So, you know the size six foot three is is what I really, really dig about Caleb Spencer. The idea that man he could be a rangy safety if you want him to be, and in Brent Venables' defense, they've kind of got that that extra safety linebacker type that maybe Caleb Spencer, the body type, seems like he could fit into that sort of role. I am a. Uh... I'm a fan of the body types that they're bringing in at safety. Me Big too, time. man. Big time. Um, meanwhile, the new quarterback is Davis Bevel. 
attorneys at law. I, I did laugh at that earlier. Someone said uh, Davis and Bevel attorneys at law. <laughs> I, I, that, that laughed off the Air Comfort Solution text line. That got an LOL from me. Do, so someone's out, right? I mean, are you just going to have six quarterbacks on the roster then? You think Micah Bowen sticks around? I don't yeah. know, but I, I do feel like, to me, this was a, a little bit of a commentary on Micah Bowens that Oklahoma wasn't totally comfortable with where they were at. They went and added Bevel, who, of course, again, not a ton, but some Power 5 playing experience. And speaking of size, the, the number one thing that jumps out about Bevel to me is this guy is prototypical, which – if you think about Oklahoma quarterbacks recently, Plank, they haven't really had a prototypical type no. quarterback in the program. Recently. Even Gabriel isn't. I mean, he's he's barely six foot. So you you bring in in Davis Bevel, you've got to buy a, a guy who, from a a body type perspective, is what most people have traditionally looked at as. The body type you want. 6'6", 235, beast. And good news, if, if he doesn't make it as a quarterback, you be a power forward for Porter Moser. But two additions, one for the transfer portal, one for the class of 23, as we see Brent Venables continue to build that roster. By the way, Oklahoma tonight will be in Amarillo for the caravan. Big story number three. Number three. I watched almost all of the Celtics game last night. I was. Yeah, I watched a good bit of that too. I was trying to figure out who this guy was that was playing power forward yeah. for the Celtics. Oh, it's former Thunder great Al Horford. Who. Tatum going to drive. Wait, hold on. That lead in was so bad. Who did this? Tatum going to drive. Kick out to the corner. Waiting. Horford three. Got another one. <laughs> man almighty. Where did that man? He did sell his soul to the devil. This is one of the <laughs> epic playoff performances of the recent era for the Celtics being turned in by Al Horford tonight. Trying to keep the Celtics afloat. Yeah. Um, He went six for six, right? Six. Um, Hold on. Five for seven. Five for seven? Yeah. Okay. Where did I – I could have sworn I saw six for six somewhere, but – Hold on. Let me go back and look again because I am blind and I can't see well. He – Al Horford last night from three-point range went five for seven with 30 points. He was a plus 20. And the Celtics won 116-108. Good for him, man. What is – how old is he now? 36, 37? Um, he was born in – 86, so he's 35. I so, want, Sorry, Al. I didn't mean to make you 40 years old. I, He'll I be want, 36, though, soon. That's right. In June. I did have to laugh at Ime uh, Udoka, their head coach, talking about how they weren't surprised by Al Horford's performance. Yeah, he's been a calming influence throughout the whole year. Uh, you know, a veteran who's been there, done that, on a lot of playoff teams that have got really far, made really big runs. And so, you know, he is a veteran of our group and uh, has done that all year. So uh, we know he's been great throughout training camp early in the season. He's carried that into the playoffs. Okay, I, I hate to be like, what are you talking about? He he didn't score 20 or more points Um. Let's see, once, uh, 
twice all season long. Yeah, no, he turned back the clock. <laughs> it happened twice all season long. Oh, no, nah, we knew we knew he was good nah, for you a know, 30 piece. I, just to say, hey, man, we're as surprised as you are. We, Listen, he had 20 in game one against the Nets. We were shocked. Um, he, had, he, had, <laughs> he had 22 in game four. Uh, we were blown away. 30 tonight, but 6-6 six six from the floor to a field in the fourth quarter. You know, just running up and down the court and listening to those two radio guys over there, I just couldn't help but think, they're so right. None of us saw this coming. <laughs> I just well, act like it's, 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 it's okay for it to be a surprise, man. Oh, uh, you know, we kind of saw that coming. No, every, every day in practice, he's scoring 40. So. Here's Mike Budenholzer. You know, Horford was, was good. Um, he was good the entire game. Uh, he made several, you know, kind of big plays and big shots in the fourth quarter. Nice. Again, he's perfect from the field. Six, six for six from the field in the fourth, by the way, is what I was thinking of. There you go. Thank you on the text line to whoever sent that. Meanwhile, late last night in a in a series that's had a lot of drama, it, it had a great finish. Brooks will take it to the front court, lets it fly, banked it in at the buzzer, and the Grizzlies had another half-court three, but it's too little, too late. The Warriors will win 101-98, and they take a three games to one lead in this best of seven. And they'll fly to Tennessee. They head to the Mid-South tomorrow to take on the Grizzlies on Wednesday night in Game 5. Um, here's Steph Curry. You just had to kind of figure it out on the fly and understand uh, <clears throat> we've been through this before. The guys over here in 16-17, you know, with coaching his his back problems back in the day, where he, you know he was he was he was out of lineup, but still had an influence and might be stepped up. So <clears throat> we didn't really have a lot of time to react. So just uh, come with the same approach. Understand we 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 know what the game plan is, and then uh, you know go out and try to execute. We, we obviously didn't. Meanwhile, Mike Brown was named the head coach of the Sacramento Kings yesterday. So it kind of set up a little bit of a weird dynamic for him. But Steve Kerr let him know he could coach. Steve called me on his way in about uh, 4.45 and said he just wasn't feeling well. And he said there's a chance that he may not be able to coach tonight. And, uh, you know, we've, we've done this drill before. And uh, so I said, okay. Um, and he came in, he tested. I get a call back at 5.15 uh, saying that he's out. And uh, so that, that's, that's the time that I found out. So that was one of the more low-key announcements of a coach testing positive or a, a, a key player missing a game that I think we've ever seen, a key piece missing a game than we've ever seen. Because legitimately, I was watching Celtics and Bucks, and I don't know if they ever – Made a mention of it. If they did, I completely zoned out on it. But, yeah, Mike Brown, who had just taken the Kings job, was told, hey, uh, you, you're not only going to coach tonight, you're the coach tonight. Um, let's see. When Kerr has been wearing a mask for the last past several days before his positive test, it's unclear if he will travel with the Warriors on Tuesday to Memphis for Wednesday's Game 5 of the Western Conference Semifinals. Warriors lead it three games to one. Tonight, Sixers heat at 6.30, Mavericks Suns at 9 o'clock. Both those series are at two games apiece. Big story, number two. Number two. So we were talking about 
projections and JT Gasso joined us earlier in the program. If you missed that, it's going to be in the podcast at sportstalk1400.com or simply check the Twitter feed at KRF Sports. Sportstalk1400.podomatic.com, ladies and gentlemen. I um, I don't really know what more to add uh, except for we're going to play on Friday at 1 o'clock, 1245 pregame show. And as it stands right now, we've it, it seems like we've been given soft approval that we can be out there for the show. If not, I'll do an hour in studio and two hours sitting in my car. <laughs> we technology's amazing, people. But I don't I don't really know how much more we can we can dive into softball except saying where's bracketology have OU. And right now, number one, number one, and hosting their own regional, it's just a matter of what teams are sent here. Yeah, I don't think there's anything that could happen that would remove Oklahoma from yeah. number one at this point. I th- don't you think? I mean, I mean, I've said it all along. The only thing I think that's going to stop him could be an injury. But I also don't think that anything at this point, unless, unless seven people get hurt, I don't see there's any way that Oklahoma is still not number one, number one. And I guess a better way to say it is I don't think there's anything any of the other teams can do in in their postseason tournaments to get to the point where they get go. the number one overall seed. Good point. O- Oklahoma has has locked itself in. They've only lost once this season. Even if they don't win this Big Twelve tournament, I think they're number one overall. They've got to be. The I, I haven't seen us shifting to the other side of Diamond Sports. I haven't seen an updated bracket. The last one I saw was from May 2nd on College Sports Madness. And I think today's the day when Tuesday's D1 softball. D1 baseball Sorry. releases uh, yeah, their new brackets. <laughs> I'm so into softball. D1 baseball. Well, they probably do on D1 softball, too. Let me see. I, I know my man Eric Lopez does, but I don't think D1 softball has put one out yet. When is Joey going to put his out? Tomorrow? Yeah, Joey, it do it on soon. Thursday for us. Anyway, uh, for OU Softball, one seed, winner of Iowa State Baylor on Friday at 1 o'clock, 1245 pregame show. For OU Baseball, got a little time. No midweek games this week, which is – are we done with midweek games for the season for OU Baseball? I believe we are. No, Wichita State on Monday next week. So you got West Virginia coming to town on Friday at 6.30, then that Monday game against Wichita State before traveling to Texas Tech. All right, big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Um, Bracketology usually comes out on Wednesday, according to an unnamed source. Thank you, Toby. And I have been told, I like this, I have been told, for an OU regional, all I know is Texas A&M. <laughs> Sharpie. Yeah, how many years did Texas A&M end up coming to Norman? It was incredible. Doggone it, it was Wednesday, not Tuesday. <laughs> New NIL guidelines. Let's go all in-depth on big story number one next. All right, um, let's hit a couple of air comfort solutions. Text real quick. I've got uh, a super secret text I need to share with you as okay, well. Okay, let me get this 405. On the anti-Chet comment, Anthony Davis was ultra skinny coming into the league as well. The kid's seven foot and just turned 20. His muscle production will come as he enters his 20s. Great. Do it somewhere else, not in Oklahoma City. <laughs> yeah, I just – I'm not 
over the moon about Chet Holmgren. I, mean, I get why other people are, though. I mean, obviously, the range and he's got horrible he can posture. He's always slumped over. I can't stand the kid. It's probably because I'm, you know, have been covering Iowa a little bit, but I'm pretty intrigued with that second lottery pick if Oklahoma City kind of gets fortunate. How, how high can that second one go? Four? I think yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, it technically could be one, right? I mean, if no, I think they nope. cap it now. Oh, okay, okay. Then you're right. It is four. Correct. And, anyways, like I'm thinking, if you can get lucky and kind of get top five, six, seven, or eight with that pick, I kind of want some Keegan Murray on my team from Iowa. Can defend all positions. Shot it well from three. So that's someone a little bit further down the board that I think would be intriguing for OKC. But- Maybe not too far down the board. According to NBADraft.net, for this uh, Thunder fan, you may get Chet Holmgren, who they have the Thunder projected to take at four. They've got Keegan Murray going sixth. Yeah, to the I mean, you, it would that pick would have to get, yeah, toward the Dude, top. If if Detroit gets Paulo Boncaro to team with Cade Cunningham, that's why you tank. Yeah, I like Boncaro. Well, you you can have yourself, Chet Holmgren. I'm just not a fan. I hope he's a stud. Um, and then uh, someone said Gino Toretta is the best color guy I've ever witnessed. I don't think I've ever seen Gino do color before. I know I've listened to him. I know I've listened to him, but I don't know if I've ever seen with him. Um, now you're messing with a son of a bee. Huge missed opportunity if no one is using that as walkout music in the UFC. Yeah, I don't know if they are. I don't think so. Um, don't do drugs? DARE, Drug Awareness Resistance Education. Did you participate in a DARE program oh my growing gosh, up? I was all in. I thought if you smoked cigarettes and drank beer at the same time, <laughs> you instantly died. Well, That's the fear my mom put into me when I was a kid. It's fascinating, you know, that DARE program – it did stop you from doing either of those two items. <laughs> I mean, I was pretty sure two things would happen whenever I was a child of the 80s. Number one, um, if I did drugs, I was going to drop dead on the spot. And number two, if I ever walked away from my parents in a store, that I would be kidnapped. So what cartoons did you watch in the 80s? Were oh, you they're like all terrible now. G.I. Joe and Transformers G.I. Joe, and stuff? there was Mask. And I was real big into Mask, man, because it was kind of like Transformers. Was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles sort of for, like, little kids? A little bit, little bit in my range. A little bit. I had the action figures. I was – dude, I'm telling you right now, I was a big wrestling guy. So everything was pretty much – and wrestling had cartoons. I was – I always liked the jobbers. Like, my favorite wrestlers when I was growing up were, like, Coco Beware and SD Special Delivery Jones and Big John Studd. Yeah, dude, I was all about wrestling. <laughs> Big John Stein. RIP. I remember going to movie stores whenever I was a kid, and while people were getting movies, I was getting like pay-per-view video cassettes and watching them. <laughs> it's like, Mom, look, I got WrestleMania 83. If it was even, I don't even know when it was around, but yeah, I would always, that was me. Hello. She's like, yeah, all right, whatever. She's like, this this kid is just not She's like, all right, just anyway. go. What's your uh, super secret text before I get to Big Story number one's payoff? Uh, let's see here. Why do I have the Titans schedule pulled up? Tabs I have open for no reason. The question I've got for Plank, this is from Chris and Edmund, is about Oklahoma softball. Will this be the best team they've ever had? And will it be will it be better than last year's team if they win it all again? 
he, he feels that Allo is the best player on the team right now. She's on a different planet right now. Grace Lyons is kind of on a different planet right now, too. Jada Coleman's kind of on a different planet right now, too. I, you know me, I'm not big on the debates about comparing year to year. I think we need more time. I thought that the 19 team that didn't win a title was one of the best I ever watched. I mean, they were just amazing. I'll say it. Go ahead. If Oklahoma goes undefeated throughout this postseason run, not only is it the best Oklahoma team in Oklahoma history, it's the best college softball team in college softball history. That's asking a lot, though. It's got to start at the Big 12 tournament. Right. Got to go perfect there. And then you have to rip through regionals, super regionals, and obviously the Women's College World Series. But if Oklahoma does that, to me, they've distinguished themselves as, again, not just the best Oklahoma team, but the best college softball team ever. Bar none. Take on any challengers wrestling style. Let's go. Got to stay healthy. I think it's a big key. You know, we've seen Kinsey Hansen deal with some things. I know Nicole May has battled through some things. They got to stay healthy. Um, if they do look out, this team at full strength is is unstoppable. The NCAA's Division One Board of Directors published new guidelines on Monday to clarify that boosters, including recently created companies designed to provide provide athletes at particular schools with endorsement deals. We call them collectives. Should not have any contact with prospective college athletes, their family members, or their representatives. The guidelines were crafted by a working group of ADs and conference commissioners who were tasked with reviewing the evolving marketplace for college athletes. The NCAA updated its rules last summer to allow college athletes to make money by selling the right to their name, image, and likeness, The group's first public response comes amid growing concern that some boosters and NIL-focused companies are offering money as incentives to attend a particular school. Again, who is enforcing this? So hypothetically, though, let me ask you this. They're actually trying to say one of the two things we told you as a guardrail for this we're now going to enforce nearly a year later. Which, you know what, if they do get to the point to where they're legitimately enforcing it, it will be healthy for college athletics. It, it will be a good change. I've got this question, though. So, obviously, they're you know, saying that these collectives and even these new companies that have been created with that intention as a collective aren't supposed to have contact with recruits, right, That's to right. get them to sign. After they're on campus, though, there's no problem with the collective, Ask that question again. For example. Right. I just want to make sure I'm understanding it right because I kind of zoned out there for a minute. Th- totally fine. I can rehash. <laughs> so basically, Moorhead, the Georgia president here, is right. saying new companies, these collectives, you can't incentivize players to sign with the school, right? Bingo. But after they've signed with the school, a collective's still cool? That's right. Okay. A- and – now. Collectives that are operating in the name of charity might have a bigger issue, and that bigger issue might be with the IRS. Now, that's that's been my read on it. I have, I guess you could say, sources in that world that have told me, well, 
listen, you guys listen to Gabe's podcast, that if if you're doing this in the name of charity, you're opening up quite an interesting little conversation between you and the Internal Revenue Service. So from that standpoint, not the charity thing, but go ahead. the collective still being able to exist for players that are out of school, it is still a world we're living in where if Oklahoma can offer better than – you know, whichever school, TCU, Baylor, right, right. Texas Tech, then, you know, okay, yeah, you're not signing a kid directly. But they see it. Right. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. Sorry. I, I was completely dialing and paying attention. I was so fired up by how much Jim in Arlington is paying attention to the show that I completely lost my focus today. Thank you, Jim. I heart you. I am a – I can't believe you didn't read that Jake Sills text. Which one was that? This one I have pulled up on the screen. Oh, from the 405. Jake Sills for life. That is Radio Gold. Chris and I may be the only ones that remember the winningest quarterback in the John Blake era. That was my screen name on message boards whenever I was just starting in radio. I don't know if any of them still exist. I don't know what's worse, that or JDH Boy 2004. JDH Boy 2004. Yeah, there was Jake Sills for life, um, Bristol Pimp 19, because I was a big fan of Bristol Motor Speedway, which, by the way, it's so embarrassing. That's like still one of my logins to an email somewhere that I have to use. And Bristol some, Pimp. Someone will say, "What's what's the uh, what's the username?" And I'm like, "It's it's Br- Bristol Pimp 19 because I loved Bristol Racing and and Elliot Sadler drove number 19. So it's a dark era in Plank's sports fandom. Your but password back, should be Daba. But but back to your, yeah, back to your point. It still gets back to my my question. What's what's going to be more impactful in recruiting? Is because I want to live in a world where building a an environment that is well, what what Brent Venables has built here in Oklahoma that is holistic, that is about the 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 full mind body physical emotional college being college i want to live in a world where that's still uber important but when it comes to the five star guys and the difference makers and the people that are going to push around the offensive line or push around the defensive line is that going to get to well i'm sorry man this collective down in austin has 150 grand guarantee yeah. for everyone that signs that's what worries me i would say that it will be a rarity with the five-star type talents for those kids to not sort of look at it as what offers me the most and look at it through the lens of where do I, you know, which coaching staff in what community do I fit the best with? Where can I get my education the best? There'll be some kids like that. There will, but probably that will be the minority. Um, and then uh, finally, one other note, the FBS is expecting to loosen its conference championship game requirements, allowing leagues to determine the participants however they want. So, adios divisions. I know the ACC has been looking at that. I know there have been buzz about the Big Ten looking at that, but or at least I'm trying to create That's good. That It'll help them just like in the COVID year. They can just put Ohio State in every year since they <laughs> – no qualifications. Yeah, I mean, how much – but in all honesty, I mean, I. how fun would it have been to see an Ohio State-Michigan rematch like you had with Georgia and Alabama? And then to have the debate if, let's say, Ohio State wins that game, who the hell's going to the championship, right? Who's going to the 14 playoff? 
Do you Ohio still, State. Right. Do you still put more on your regular season or your, your, your conference game championship? It'd be wild. But it's funny how everyone was against not having divisions. And then after a decade of seeing how it plays out, if not more, it's like, eh, maybe not having divisions is okay. Maybe we don't need a middle-of-the-road team just because they're in another division end up playing in a championship game when they have three or four conference losses. All right, so a lot going on. Not to mention just from the scheduling aspect of right. it. To get to have and go to each school in your conference once every four years is just better. Yeah. It's just better. Have we taken our bottom of the hour break? No, yet? and we will oh, now. Oh, okay. It's 11.41 on the Plank Show. We'll do a timeout. We are definitely ahead of the chains down the stretch. My bad. He's Josh. I'm Plank. Hour 3 brought to you by Roof Tech of Oklahoma. 405-703-4245. It's the Plank Show. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. This is a really good point off the Air Comfort Solutions text line to kind of just put a wrap on big story number one. It's always been illegal for boosters to assist in recruiting or offer enticements to recruits. Institutions that fail to monitor or control their boosters can be punished for such failure. And can I just quickly point, I think that's an excellent point. Does that texter have a name? Because I really like him. The idea that an an alumni, listen to me, that a school could have plausible deniability is interesting, right? Hey, man, they might have contacted recruits. We had no idea about it. You know, we're operating under these set of rules. We'll disavow that. So I understand where you're getting at, but there is enough, I think, from a school to where you know, they might still get in trouble, but yeah, I just I, I I'll be curious to see how that plays out. That's a very good point. And um <laughs> any chance we get to see Venables do the drum major backbend this year? That's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> I can't imagine. That takes some training, but I would say no, no, no. Thank you, Amy Winehouse. Have you watched her documentary, by the way? No, but I'm sure it's pretty interesting. It's old, just for someone that – because I feel like the two things that are very much – what's the word I'm looking for here? And I'm going to have to do it here in a little bit, but you're kind of chasing clout is when people say things like – Man, what's your favorite Netflix show? I need something to catch up on. Or right, hey, who makes just the, looking for just uh, looking for some submissions here? I'm just what looking for the best, best burger place in town, the best burrito place in town. Where you guys go? Hit me up. But I am I am looking for like a new podcast. I, I the crime podcasts have now just become basically two females trying to be funny telling you about a murder. So anyway, he went in and they cut her hand off. <laughs> like. This isn't. This isn't a, 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 a. This isn't anything that's like leading me towards understanding what happened. Can here, you people. believe that? So she was lost, and she was in the woods, and then she fell down a hole. <gasps> that's not. A, that's not entertaining to me. I, no, I need. I want, I want dark up. and scary. Right. Dark and scary. But so yeah. yeah, Amy Winehouse, her documentary. Thank you. Um, old. So it's not one of those that's that's fairly new. 
but it is disturbing. It's disturbing yeah. because her dad is the worst. Oh, really? He yeah, he, he just, sort of enabled her? Well, no. They would just try to – every chance they could get, they were trying to make money off her. Oh, really? So they just grinded her to a, a pulp. Man. Of course, I'm always here to defend any troubled uh, woman like Amy Winehouse. I always look at her like, I could have fixed her. She was just with me. I could have made her crazier. What did uh, she overdose on? Everything. I think it's kind of what we found out. Oh, man. There was a little bit of everything in there. Bardol, Vagisil, um, put a little Crisco oil in there. Yeah, bless her heart. Troubled. But watch it. It's well worth it. Massive talent. You see a whole other side of her. Now, I want to watch, speaking of those gone too soon, I want to watch the Brittany Murphy one, but I think it's, what, a Hulu exclusive or something? I guess I'm going to try to get that bundle with Hulu and ESPN+. Plus and yeah, make sure to get the no commercials for an extra $7. It's worth it. Well worth it. All right, we got to uh, – oh, Anatomy of Murder. You'll be thankful you did that for your always sunny binges. Last night <laughs> – last night, um, whenever the Warriors game was just getting started and I couldn't do it early, it's like, oh, I can't do this Steph Curry love fest. I flipped on the episode where they were going to bury the hatchet with everyone. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. And they, they invite him over for, like, Thanksgiving or whatever. Yeah. They have the scene where Frank is mad at the landlord and he shows him a two months worth of rent and burns it in front of him. <laughs> Burying the hatchet here. Yeah, I brought a hatchet so we can bury it. All right, we got a break. We got one more segment left. So, yeah, a great question, getting back to the actual question. The idea that a school could be held responsible – even with plausible deniability, it has to be problematic right now for a lot of people in powerful positions at universities, knowing that some of these collectives are going rogue on you. What'd you get? Well, somebody texted and said, Did Chris just say did Chris just say Vagisil? That has to be a radio first. Well, no, it's uh it's a major league line, right? Whenever uh from the movie Major League whenever he was talking about all the things that he used to doctor the body. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, I was in, I'm glad Sean asked about that Thank because you, I was also curious. Bardol, put a little Tabasco in my nose. You put snot on the ball? I ain't got an arm like you, Rook. All right, quick break. It's Plank Show. Okay, all right, I'm going to give Anatomy of Murder a shot, whoever texted that in, thank you. Um, I was I was also informed that it was not Tabasco, but jalapeno. Jalapeno. Put a little jalapeno in my nose. It's been a minute since I've seen Major League. You know what? You God, just, what a good movie. You know what just reminded me? I haven't seen Beer League in a while. I think after I get done with all my honeydews, I'm watching Beer League tonight. It's on Tubu? Yes, which is terrible. To be or to be, it's terrible. <laughs> Go. Have you downloaded it yet? No, look at the movie library. Oh, it's, it's just absolutely terrible. Please remind me. There's, you can look through the list of movies available on Tubi, and you're like, "Well, who watches this?" And then you can triumphantly feel confident in knowing that I, I watch that. Um, did you? I want to leave everyone on a positive note, but apparently. The the Tom Seaver statue outside of the new uh, the city field has a mistake on it, but it's very dumb 
and I think we fight about things when it comes to how a statue looks, but apparently the number four in Seaver's jersey number does not have the small stub that extends off the right side of the numeral in his actual Mets jersey, and Mets fans are freaking out about it. Uh, for another word, when you make a four on his jersey, like the bottom line of the four went through – and so, like, oh, what a mistake! I'm like, can people calm down a little bit? But no, we will throw rage over these statues not being correctly done. Uh, and also, just one other note: the talented writer Jim Trotter, 32 people to root for in the NFL this year. One sooner made the list. He had one from each team, and it was Jalen Hurts. It's written for Jalen Hurts to win people over. In what Philly. side is that? NFL.com. Thank you. We'll see you guys back here tomorrow. Have a great Tuesday. Steelman live from Jimmy Austin coming up next.